Thanks so much for joining me at Two Age Sojourner once again, and I'm looking forward to spending this time with you in Philosophy Friday. Okay, so we're into it now. We've got a few Philosophy Fridays behind us. Enough introductions. Let's start thinking about philosophy. Um, I did mention before, I'm super into the Stoic philosophers at the moment. And uh, really, at the end of the day, I have to be careful because that could open up a whole can of worms in terms of discussion. There's so much to think about. There's so many things that the Stoics did wrong and there are so many things that the Stoics said that was right. You have a lot of the Middle Ages Christianity who themselves were just on some sort of strange trip who loved the Stoics. And uh, you have the Puritans who at many points embraced the Stoics uh, for much of their wisdom and um, incorporated a lot of it into their own material. Uh, but then a lot of the Puritans themselves were a little bit on, on a weird kind of trip um, in terms of Richard Baxter's stuff, for example, uh, you know, I would agree that Richard Baxter had a little, had a few screws loose when it came down to theology. So is that a good thing that he embraced the Stoics? I don't know, not necessarily. Um, but the point being, it's a complicated subject and uh, we could talk about that all day. I'm going to leave that aside though and just trust that you, with me, understand that all truth is God's truth. That means that wherever we find it, and you see Paul quoting pagan philosophers and, um, you know, pagan poets, at least, and uh, you see, uh, you know, for example, Jude uh, bringing some apocryphal writings into uh, his epistle, uh, all just examples, really, of all truth being God's truth. And if we don't understand things that way, we are going to turn the Bible into something it's not meant to be trying to see it as the source of the you know the only thing that uh, we're meant to be reading or understanding uh, the Protestant Reformation doctrine was never so low scriptura it was always so la scriptura which uh, did not mean that we don't listen to voices from outside of scripture um, rather what it meant was that we uh, make scripture our highest source of authority in terms of interpreting all the voices that we hear, uh, historical, philosophical, whatever it is, scientific, it, it, the Bible becomes the interpretive framework, the, uh, the discernment framework, you could say. Um, and so we want to, uh, I think it's, I think those who don't read Marcus Aurelius and Epictetus, for example, um, amongst other Stoics, uh, are doing themselves wrong, because these guys um, have so much good to say. Um, let me read to you a quote from Marcus Aurelius. Uh, this is out of his uh, book, Meditations, uh, reading from an abridged modern translation, or not abridged, just uh, contemporary, so as to make this a bit easier to grasp first time around. Uh, the rest of the translations tend to be a bit stale, and, um, and so hopefully this helps you. Uh, it helps me. He says, suppose you lived for a thousand years or 10,000 years. Would you have any more life than you have now? When you finally died, would you lose any more life than you'd lose if you died today? This present moment is all the life we ever have. 
the longest life and the shortest converge on this same point. No matter how many years stretch behind or in front of us, the present moment remains the same. The person who lives shortest owns the exact same amount of life as the one who lives longest. For the present is all we have and all we can lose. When we die, we don't lose the past or future. We never owned them to begin with. Eternity revolves like a wheel, with its circumference touching a still point, this present moment. Whether you stay at that point for a hundred years, a thousand, or infinitely, you'll only see the same cycles repeating themselves. And let me stop there for for a while. Uh, Just, I mean, that's enough to think about right there. Uh, is that is that a good idea or a bad idea? Is that true? Is that false? Well, I think what Aurelius is doing, and, and certainly this could be made into its own monster and you could run in a few different directions uh, with this idea. So let me not embrace it uh, without any qualification. But if we read him as simply making the point that I think everyone must at some level agree with, uh, which is that you know, what happened to you yesterday, while it might be a nice memory, is a memory, and that's all it will ever be, and it will never be anything. You could hold to that thing as tightly as you want to, but it's never going to be as powerful as this very present moment, which is the existence of you in this life. It's right now. And the future, of course, is not yet yours, yet. So you might have that future or you might not, but you, you, you know nothing about it. So it's not like in your realm of experience or anything. It's not even uh, part of your, your psychological makeup. There's just nothing about the future that is yours at this point uh, in terms of, of living life and experiencing it. So uh, he's just making the simple point that there is something just because of, and I would argue the way that God created all things, we live life in Uh, One moment succeeded by another moment. This is the thing we call time. Only God himself is uh, without these limits, and uh, only God himself uh, is beyond the arch of time, so to speak. But everything created, by virtue of its being created, experiences this linear progression, this momentary existence, uh, one moment after the other. And... uh, it gets you thinking about life, doesn't it? And I think here's where the value of this stuff lies. I mean, here you have a man who's who doesn't believe in Christian uh, theology, doesn't have a Christian worldview, is wrestling, however, with what life is. What 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 makes it up? What is what is so good about it? What is the part that we ought to value most? And from this idea, of course, Stoicism comes along and says, um, you know, we need to just put all things into perspective and let hurts go. And it almost becomes like a like a um, Buddhist version, or at least a Western version of Buddhism. But we'll uh, we'll leave that aside for now. Um, of course, for the Christian, uh, we don't go in those directions. We simply appreciate the point that he's making and uh, certainly agree that it's true that we only have one moment at a time. And it, it really just helps because we, we understand then the preciousness of life must exist in the moment. And all of a sudden, we, we see two things happen. Firstly, 
the whole system of Stoicism, along with any other idea, falls to the ground in terms of making any sense of life. We, if, if now is all we have, and we can never get the past back, we never have the future, and it doesn't matter if we lived a thousand years or one, uh, this is all we have, and then we could, at the end of the day, lose it, how can we do anything else but agree with the uh, at least Ecclesiastes and uh, the preacher who says, vanity, vanity? All is vanity. What's the point of anything? If this is all we have and then we'll lose it, this is the maximum amount we'll ever have. And yet, if that's true, all of a sudden, we start to see the value of what God promises in eternal life. Wow. And we get to have life forever, not, be, not because this dynamic changes, not because we stop experiencing life in a momentary progression, but because those moments never cease and we will never be without them. And it's, uh, might, it might as well be then than the, that the momentary progression or the momentary moment, the, the, the moment in time becomes a, an eternity because we are assured not only then that we will have this one moment after the other, but for all eternity our promises given to us, our future is given to us. Um, we, we are assured of these things. And so the present can come into a context. It can start making sense. Uh, we can see our memories with fondness without having to fall into despair, uh, considering that we will never, ever experience them again or, or something along those lines, which every person, if they're honest, must reckon with. Because memories only make you dismally sad if you know that your life and the sweetness of those memories is about to be snuffed out at some point. Christian theology, the book of Ecclesiastes, it's honest. And it, it takes the very truth that this philosopher uh, struggled with and, and provides for us its, its answer. Um, like so many of these other guys, um, Aurelius struggled in the dark, not able to see what he should have without, uh, or at least what was there, because uh, the reality is we can only see through the lens of Scripture. Um, but hopefully that's something for you to think about even in this very moment. Yeah, you are right now experiencing life. Oh, wow. How terrible would that be if this was all you had and you knew you had to eventually hit the end of the line? It doesn't matter. I'd be with the Ecclesiastes author the whole the whole day long. I mean, who cares then? I mean, if who cares? I mean, you just try and get the maximum amount of pleasure. All you know is that it's going to finish and then it's going to be over. And what's the point? What's the point of anything? But if you know... This moment, followed by the next moment, will continue for all eternity, and that's your promise, and the, the essence of life is in the moment. You have life in all abundance through what Christ gives us in eternity. All right, I'm going to stop there. Bless you. Have a great day.